man. I have to give this guy a call. Come on, James. What the fuck? Hello? Yo. Yo. What's going down, man? I'm gonna go back out to work. <laughs> so I just wanted to call to tell you that uh, we're gonna have to reschedule your flight. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, turns out that uh, Roseland has yeah. postponed Trail Talk for this week due to weather. Oh wow. Yeah. So we're going to have to wait on that. But the good news is we might not have Trill Talk invading uh our podcast this week. Thank goodness. Yeah, yeah. Some <laughs> part of the I had to laugh at this situation, man. It's ridiculous, man. He it serves him right, you know. Serves him right. Yeah, well, Karma was going to bite him in that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, I know that you're not going to be able to make it on the pod this week. You know what I mean? Well, I just wanted to wish you well. Uh, can't wait for you to get back next week. Uh, we got Conrad standing in for you this week. So Yeah, cool, cool. I'll bring a lot of entertainment back. So Cool, man. We already know you will. All right, brother. Well, I'll let you get back to doing you. Yep, yep. You take care. All right, yeah. Fuck Chris Williams. Yep, amen. All right, later. This is the Pro Wrestling Shoot. This is the Pro Wrestling Shoot. Here we go again. This is the Pro Wrestling Shoot. Hey, what's up? This is your host, Jesse Carter. Pro Wrestling Shoot. It's about to get exciting. Pro Wrestling Shoot. How long is this going to last? Pro What's going on? Another episode of the Pro Wrestling Shoot. Today I am not joined with my co-host James Pinard Jr. Instead, we gave the hot tag to Conrad Cushman. What's going on, brother? Hey, what's going on, man? Good to be back on the podcast. Loving it. Always a good time to talk some pro wrestling with you, Jesse. I appreciate it, man. Hey, I appreciate you coming in on a short notice, dude. Uh, we had to give James the week off. I think Trill Talk was just getting to him, man, and he, he just needed a, a break from all the drama, you know? Yeah, listen, man, I'm telling you, the Trill Talk segments, they're they are funny. They're pretty good. I dude, enjoy them every week. Dude, s- stop. Don't glorify <laughs> this fucking piece of shit on my show. <laughs> the network sent me here to be a peacemaker, all right? Listen, they had to make some phone calls. I'm just here. I'm going to toe the line. Hey, hey, you know, and kudos to the network for sending in someone who actually knows what the fuck they're talking about when it comes to pro wrestling. They're probably tired of hearing Mr. Trill uh, talk about that shit WWE every day. <laughs> I'm glad that we can uh, talk some AEW. Actually, we are going to talk a little bit of WWE. Have you even watched any of WWE lately? I know you do the AEW reviews, but uh, are you keeping up on all this shit on the yeah, other side? I, I usually surprise people with how much I watch of all of it. So I, I, I've been keeping up with it. It's just... Dude... <laughs> You can see my reaction a lot. Yeah, of other yeah. People so, can. so you guys are not seeing this on video, but 
but homie had to take off his glasses and just kind of rub his forehead and rub his eyes. Cause, um, I, I just don't understand like the lack of care for anybody that's not Roman Reigns. Like Roman Reigns storyline yeah. is money. I love it with Paul Heyman, the whole ordeal. It's moving slowly along, but whatever. It's cool. But where's the storyline for Ricochet? Where's the storyline for like maybe Sami Zayn will get integrated into the Roman Reigns stuff a little bit. But after that, there ain't nothing there for anybody else. Nakamura has been the Intercontinental Champ for I don't even know how long, bro. It's been a minute. What is he doing? He's in tag team feuds. Yeah. He's the IC champ. With Rick Boogs. <laughs> I actually I like it, Rick Boogs. He's fucking too. entertaining to me. Dude, I don't know how he can scream like that. Props yeah. to him. <laughs> I like watching his entrance, dude. That's that's a really fun part of the show. I don't know, man. Um, I was just saying this last week with with uh, James, too. Um, I've been watching SmackDown every week, and this is normally not my forte, dude. I haven't watched like raw on TV or, or SmackDown or any of this shit. But recently I've been catching up with the Hulu um, releases and Hulu doesn't release the full three hours of raw, but they do release the full two hours of SmackDown. So I just watch all of SmackDown and I skip raw. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, SmackDown's super fucking boring until it comes down to this Roman Reigns and uh, Brock Lesnar. And what do you think of Brock Lesnar and, and the different character? I like it. I, I think it's interesting for him. He needed something to be fresh and unique. I like the, uh, I, I don't know what to call it, like Canadian farm boy Brock just shows up. He's got the long hair. Like, he just yeah. seems like he's being himself at this point. Like, I don't really give a shit what Vince McMahon thinks. I, I'm going to kick ass and take names, and that's about it. That's all I'm here for. The Canadian you know? alpha male. I love that whole uh, segment that he did with Sami Zayn a few weeks ago. That shit was so funny, dude. Zayn is money. Like, absolute money. He, he's he winning me a over, man. Spot. He, he's winning me over. So I was so bored with Sami Zayn, and everybody was like, "Dude, how can you be bored with Sami Zayn?" I'm just, I'm just, it's not my, not my bag, of, you know, not my bag of tea. But I don't know, man. Uh, the last few weeks that I've been watching him, I, I absolutely love that whole segment with Paul. Paul, it wasn't done. It wasn't <laughs> done, Paul. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's he, he's pretty good, man. But yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, other than the whole Roman Reigns or the Brock Lesnar or Paul Heyman, there's really nothing going on there show-wise. Uh, their attendance is falling like crazy. Every single week I'm seeing just half-empty arenas. And uh, I don't know, man. I just... Bro, some... there's, there's, there's a show here on Thursday, and I just happened to look at the WrestleTix account on Twitter. Shout out to WrestleTix. Heard he's a local guy from my area as well, so i got to give him props for that. But I looked at the show from Buffalo, and I'm like, I'm just curious how, how tickets are selling. Because I just had a buddy ask, like, his son loves WWE, and he was like, I'm thinking about taking my son. Like, what's the protocols and everything? We were just talking about it. Yeah. And when it came up, I'm like, how are ticket sales? Let me just look tonight. And I went to look, and I'm like, bro, horrible. They have not sold half the tickets in that wow. arena. How? Wow. How, bro? Is that like, like a raw, or is it just like a, a, a house show? House show, house show okay. but they when WWE used to come to town, bro. When I was a kid, you couldn't get tickets during the Attitude couldn't Era. Yep, I was. I used to be the person like, Dad, please, you got to stand in line for me at ten a.m. while I'm in school. Please, yep. you got to help me out with this. And it was just tough back then. He would come sometimes. He'd be like, Yeah, I didn't get them. And there were other times where it's like, I got them for you. <laughs> Dude, but. so they we had shows uh, booked for February, I think it was. 
um, Raw and SmackDown. One, I think, I think SmackDown was in Seattle, and I think Raw was in Portland, which is usually the case. Um, they rescheduled both of those shows because of how bad the ticket sales were. <laughs> I just, it's it makes me sad, dude. <laughs> like when I think about it, because at what point do you just want to turn something around? I mean, you. I, it's just weird and not like Vince McMahon to not address the live shows not selling, but it, it makes know, you wonder so like, well, how are you measuring this stuff at this point? Like I, I get it. So from a business standpoint, people probably are like, well, why would this matter? WWE makes all their money off of television rights deals. And I yeah. think AEW is banking on that as well mm-hmm. because they're going to do the same thing. They're going to, Watch when this television deal comes up, they're going to shop around because they're going to try and say either TNT, you bump your price up or I'll go over here with my shows. Mm -hmm. And it's perfectly reasonable. It's a business move. I get it. WWE's getting that sweet Saudi money. That's that's another big bankroll for them. They don't have to have shows that sell out. But my question is, at what point would you just say, hey, let's just do it from a studio standpoint instead? Can you imagine Raw or SmackDown as a studio broadcast again? Like back in, um, <laughs> we were just talking about this off air, actually. Fucking back in like 1994 days when they were running, or what, when, when did Raw first start? 94, 95, something like that? 93. 93, okay. So 93, when Monday Night Raw first started and they had the big ass fucking Raw symbol. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And weren't they running it out of ECW arena then? The, they they um, were doing it out of like gyms sometimes, like high school gyms. Most really? people would never know that. Yeah, but they would set up the arena. They could make it look pretty cool, though, still in, on the inside. That's when they cared, though, and they had different sets and things. And you were like, the how you lived and died by what happened at the house shows. And your goal was to make it to the garden. And the garden will control like who gets the next big push and how the fans react in the garden usually is your barometer. It's not like that anymore. Now you've got social media. They're telling you, but you're getting nothing but complaints on that, too. It's just, I don't know. WWE's in such a weird spot, and I think they like the Thunderdome because they can control the reactions. You know? Like, yeah. it was like, I'm telling you who to boo and cheer. Do it. Push the button. Yay! And I bet you, if you ask me, that they were taking the reactions of people, they would jump up and down. For certain things and they would keep that for the people that they wanted they would tell them to do it and then there were times where they would tell them to boo and they would keep that as well so i'm sure that they 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 would rather have it in their favor than listen to people uh yeah i think that they just got tired of the whole um hijacking of the event which is unfortunate man i mean I, I would much rather see them give the fans what they want than no, this is this is what's happening, whether you like it or not. We're just gonna control your reaction type deal. But I don't know, man. I'm a long like I'm a long time WWE fan. I would hate to see the company go under. And I just think it's a silly move to let your attendance keep dropping the way it is. I've even heard, you know, rumors of maybe WWE just running strictly out of Florida and not even doing any travels anymore because of the pandemic or whatever, but you could even have it to where you let the people come to you. Yeah. The fans are that crazy for the product that they'll just come to them. That's true. Yeah. And if you just base it out of one thing, um, I mean, if your attendance is good in Florida and it's not good anywhere else, 
you can just keep making your money each week in Florida, I guess. <laughs> Speaking of that, what, let's switch. Let's switch gears a little bit. What do you think of the new NXT? Um, I've watched one week of it. <laughs> one week, and uh, I I thought it was the same as the other NXT. Fucking boring. I hate watching little ass uh, studio wrestling. I did like NWA there for the for a little while, and then that shit got boring too. There's something about a big crowd and just I don't know, man. It's it's special. You feel the energy even through the TV. Um, that's why I like Dynamite every week, you know what I mean, is because even if it's a, a mediocre show, you can feel the energy through the crowd, and that that keeps you pumped throughout the night. So, um, I don't know, man. Little crowd is just, unless I'm there, I can't feel that energy, you know? Yeah, that's tough, though. It's weird, because when you watch NWA, I'm like, yo, this is how WCW used to like shoot their stuff, and we would right? watch it as kids. And yeah. now it's like, oh, this ain't it. WWE's influence is so crazy on like, yeah, how you watch and enjoy wrestling in modern day wrestling. Yeah, it's 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 wild, dude. Um, as kids, I think we were, I don't know, we were just brought up different. We were, we had less expectations <laughs> <laughs> when it came to wrestling. Now uh, we're just kind of spoiled, and and the internet is a thing. Yeah, I always tell people too though you can't you can't put certain things back in the bag either. Like once you know or yep. you've seen something, completely different. I yep. get it though with some fans like they have their uh, their appreciation for certain things of the era they grew up in. Yeah, and I don't know. I feel like we've seen the best of both worlds, and there's just times where I'm like, dude, you guys don't even know how popular wrestling used to be. Like if you missed yep. wrestling in school back in the day. Like you were, you were done for that day. Like nobody's talking to you. Yeah, you weren't even sitting at the lunch table with all your friends. It's, like, bro, I'm not trying to spoil this for you, so not today. Yeah. Tell me tomorrow, we can talk about it. <laughs> and there was no DVR or anything back then, too. You had to do the old fucking VCR. You know what I mean? Hook the VCR up to your TV, record the tape. <laughs> Lots of work. Stuff. Oh man, I miss it though. I miss it. It was. It was. I don't know. I've gotten lazy over the years. Now I can just pop up a fucking link and watch whatever I want. Bro, I'm when, telling you, yo, I used to love New Japan Pro Wrestling wrestlers when they would come over to WCW, and then I could never watch them. Like, people don't know the heartache of, I saw Jushin Liger a bunch of times, and then I'm like, dude, I wish I could watch his work. They didn't have it back then. And yeah. guess what? I was too young to know tape traders. So yep. then yep. eventually YouTube came out, bro. I was in heaven catching up with that stuff for like a year. I just remember like watching that every night. I'm like, oh, we're gonna watch Liger versus Ultimo Dragon. This is this should be dope. Yeah, that's see, that's the one time I could watch Impact too. Is if I pop on the Impact app. Um, I don't subscribe to it, but <laughs> sometimes I get a I get a friend's password and I get to go check up on some shit. I love watching old Impact, dude. It was good um, back when it was TNA, you know, and. In the I, glory days of AJ Styles and stuff. I will be fair. I've listened to your show with Brian. I'm with Brian on It's Good some weeks. I just feel like the weeks you, every time you watch, I was like, oh, shit. Like, something bad happened every time. And I'm like, he picked this week. Damn it. Yeah. And, Brian, you know, Brian called that, too, on the show. He was like, man, I just have a feeling that, you know, this is not going to be the week. But watch it. Watch it a couple weeks in a row. After three weeks in a row, I was like, all right. You know, enough's enough, B. You're fucking wrong. This this product sucks. I cannot watch it anymore, dude. 
Um, and then I, you know, see people like you posting online, oh, look, this fucking match is dope. And, you know, on some of the pay-per-views, and I'm like, fuck, dude. All right, I'm going to check it out, you know. And I go and watch it, and I'll watch, like, the match that you said is dope. And it usually is. But the show itself for Impact Wrestling, like the weekly show, their pay-per-views are always going to be pretty good. I mean, if you don't get, well, I can't really say that because WWE's pay-per-views aren't really good. But um, their weekly show is just so weird. I felt like there was, I'm a fan of vignettes. Don't get me wrong. I love vignettes. A good vignette is, is good television to me. But when you have 17 fucking vignettes and three matches and all the vignettes don't even make sense to me, I can't watch this fucking show. You know what I mean? It impacts definitely all about the long-term storytelling. Like, good, honestly. That, yeah, it's, it's it crazy. Good. You just have to stick with it to to see it through. And, yeah, um, yeah man, I, I really hope they get, like, an opportunity to get some more money, sign some more people. I think that's another thing that they need to beef up, like, their main event uh, male heavyweight division. I think they have the best women's roster in all of uh, pro wrestling knockouts, I should say, for them. But really? they got the best knockouts. Yeah. You think that's better in WWE's roster? As far as working together, yes. In overall talent wise, I don't know if I could say that. You know what I WWE's mean? WWE's fucking pretty stacked, dude. Nah, but listen, Impact has tremendous. They like have their women's tag division and it's set up like they are actual tag teams and I view them as that. And then I have their their women's roster is great. Deanna Perazzo to me is probably one of the best women's wrestlers if she's not considered it already for people. But then, like you said, then you got Charlotte, you got Sasha, you got all those other people. I'm like, they're great, but how well does the rest of that roster work together? I watched a match with Charlotte and I think it was Tony Storm, and something just fell off. And I'm like, they're both good. What is wrong with this situation? Is Tony yeah. nervous because it's the main roster? Is Charlotte sandbagging again? <laughs> like you're just wondering the whole time, like why isn't this working? I watched Shotzi and uh, Sasha. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Like. <laughs> Sometimes it just doesn't gel well, man. You got to have that chemistry at the same time. But then again, you know, WWE creates a lot of egos for everybody, not just the women, but everybody. Um, I don't know, man. I, I learned a lot more about this women's division than I ever wanted to by watching Total Divas with my wife. I She just took me down this rabbit hole of what the fuck is going on. You know what I mean? And And... It's I never watched Total Divas before. It's been on forever. And now I believe that we are on season 10. And I'm just watching this shit like, dude, these chicks, how are they still fucking employed at this at this point? If this is if this is real, how they're acting, which I'm not sure if it is or not, because most of these reality shows are crazy like that anyway, but um I just I just can't get over it, man. There's some crazy ass shit like Paige, um, the way Nia Jax was acting it sometimes, these chicks are always drinking on the show, um, which is crazy to me too because they're such a PG show. Then they put out this shit and show you the whole adult side of WWE, you know what I mean, which is strange to me. I don't know why you can't fucking show that on your regular program, but it's okay to do it on Total Divas. Listen, I just finished watching Raw, so at the time of recording this, you'll know when we recorded this. Bro. <laughs> Edge, are you going to watch Raw? Dude, so I already know what you're going to say, and I did not watch Raw, but I did see a clip that Eric Bischoff came back. Yes. So let's talk about it. Dude, 
Why on earth? So they did a segment where uh, Edge interrupts the marriage of Miz and Maurice. Maurice is fine as hell, number one. I had to say it. <laughs> uh, like, I was just like, dang. Um, amazing. So they do the segment. Miz is super corny in it throughout the whole thing. He's trying to talk in French. It's bad. I took French <laughs> in school. He sounded like me. I got a D in it, if anybody wants to know. <laughs> like, terrible. I'm just terrible at it. But when... Miz is doing it. Bischoff says um, they do their vows or whatever, and Bischoff goes, "Ah, who the hell am I kidding? We know wrestling weddings never end well. You think you know me?" Edge comes out. They do this whole bit back and forth, and well, at whatever. least he called it. Yeah, absolutely. It was perfect timing. Like they made Bischoff look like he was so cool. Like when he did it, like, "Yeah, I'm a gangster. I got this." But Edge hits the brood music, and then all of a sudden, you know what's going to happen when you hear the brood music? It's going to be a bloodbath. Yeah, bloodbath. Yeah. They don't call it that anymore. It's called a brood bath, and it's black, like liquid instead of red. Oh, dude, what? I was wondering. I thought that the screen on my phone when I seen the picture, I thought it was just like maybe they just took a bad picture. It was really black. Yes, they they oh, cannot. Wow. I read last time when they did this, they cannot call it a bloodbath anymore because of other things. And you can censor it if you want for your show too. I don't censor like, shit over here. Respect. Yeah. So hold like, on. Here, here's your here. Hold on. How was that? <laughs> That's the most censor you're going to get on this podcast. It's a bath. Okay, there you go. I just don't get it, bro. Why Why couldn't you just call it what you called it for years? It's on your network library. You can't edit history and change it. Like You can just be like, put the disclaimer up. Like, hey, this was at a different time. Think th- Things were accepted back then that aren't now as comedy, satire. If it offends you, please turn it off and watch something else, you know? Find, yeah. find something that's more suitable for you on our network and enjoy our content. Da-da-da-da, you know? <sighs> These guys are just acting like a bunch of bitches, man. I said bitch. <laughs> I said bitch. Well, when life gives you lemons. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know, man. WWE's, they're a trip. After all the stuff that they've done over the years, you know, the bloodbath, I just... There's just no future with them. And anyway, to let's bring Gangrel back too. I'm tired of using that man's theme and not giving him some money for it. Yeah, dude, super cool guy too, man. And he's really heavy into the wrestling scene still. Still trains a whole bunch of people. Um, really nice guy, man. I've talked to him a few times. I was actually I was supposed to get him on the show at one point, man, and then we just stopped uh, doing interviews and stopped recording during that break. You know what I mean? Just haven't hit him up. I'll have to try to get him back on the show or something. Super nice guy. Um, I don't know, man. WWE's just dropping the ball with all sorts of shit. So what do you think? Let's let's talk about AEW, dude. Because I know that you've been listening to our show past couple of weeks. And you're like, man, you know, I love, I love this show, man. And you know it's a good show when it gets me heated. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I know, first of all, we're both Cody fans. Right? Oh, you still, yeah. You yeah. still you still like Cody? Oh, yeah. Okay. Rob called that one. I'm not going to lie on our show. He, he said that uh, Cody's going to be the Grinch that stole Christmas, he said. And I was like, you think they'll do it? Like It was like one of those, like, you think they'll pull the trigger? And, well. Yep. <laughs> they did. Okay. Are you happy about it? I, I'm 50-50 on it. And here's the reason why. 
Because you can go one of two ways with this. This could either be like, why did you end Sammy's title reign so early? Which I think that's where everybody's going towards now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a po- somebody had posted something in my group earlier, like, what was the best and worst thing for each company in 2021? And I saw somebody put the Cody thing as the worst already. And I'm like, bro, it no way. just effing happened. Like, cut the shit. Yeah. So... You Why does this now. man get so much fucking heat, dude? He's not even that bad. Like, Cody is... I, I enjoy every single Cody promo <laughs> that there is. Rob um, Rob blames Brandy. I think that could be really? part of it. Yeah, Brandy definitely, like... I don't know. She just does stuff sometimes that just, like, grinds your gears. And it's like, Brandy, what are you doing? She's like the Stephanie, right? Like, that's what a lot of people compare her to, Stephanie. And the Triple, H, H, the Triple H and Jeff Jarrett comparisons for Cody, too. Cut me a break. All right. Yeah, the dude's even, not, not the world close. champ. He's not featured in every segment. Uh, he's yeah. not out there every week. Uh, <laughs> like, just crushing people, bro. He's not even doing that. And the guy has to win. I, I always pose the same question to people. I ask the same question I used to ask about John Cena now. All right. You want Cody to lose this match? Who does Cody beat then? Yeah. What do you mean? And, and, and nobody ever can give me an answer once they say, like, oh, I, I'm so sick of Cody. Who does Cody beat? Because you're saying he loses to this person. That's fine. But you have to build Cody up. He's one of your bigger stars, right? He gets talked about enough. He's been in some of your best matches. Well, I don't know what to do with that. And that's just my other fan voice. Like, okay, well, you're just complaining <laughs> now. You don't have solutions to the problem. I'm a big person on like you complain about something what's the solution yeah tell me how to fix it so i was happy with it i was a little sad that sammy sammy lost because i was i thought he was putting on great matches but cody now has the tnt open challenge and that could open up some doors for people yeah especially some signings potentially um i like it i like it i I really and they teased something after the show i don't know if you caught that like who who they teased him possibly feuding with I didn't know. I don't watch Rampage. I watched the one match. <laughs> Not even Rampage, bro. Not even. It wasn't even on television. I oh, saw this okay. from like okay. phone footage on Twitter. Oh, uh, wow. Hook came out afterwards, and him and Cody kind of had an exchange of words. He was like, "Next time we're here in Greensboro, it'll be you and me." And Tony Khan was like, "Who wants to see it?" Fans popped a little bit, and he was like, "Okay, I'll consider it. Next time, maybe we're in Greensboro, we'll have uh, Cody versus Hook." And I'm like, "You could really build on this because." Hulk, what what do you think of that? I guess I'm throwing it back to you. Okay, so unpopular. Oh no. <laughs> unpopular. I don't I don't see I don't see the fucking hype in this, dude. I don't. I don't see the hype in Hook at all, man. Everybody is going nuts over him, and I love the energy from the crowd. I love that everybody's happy about this guy. But I don't think he's that good, dude. <laughs> I don't think I don't think he's that good at all, man. Like I was watching like we we've only gotten two matches out of him, correct? Yeah. I've only seen the one. So I'm going to go back and watch the other one before I fully judge. Which match did you see? uh, I just this last one on uh, Rampage. The Fuego one or the Bear Bronson? Bear Bronson. Okay. Okay. I cannot see this little ass motherfucker taking on this big ass dude and dominating the way that he did in this match. And and be invested. I just can't, dude. I'm I'm too old school to watch that. And the way he was throwing around Baron Bronson was fucking ridiculous to me. Like I understand, like give him the W, but they made this guy look like Brock Lesnar in this match, dude. It was stupid. 
Like, I just could not. I was like, this is fucking what everybody's going nuts about is this guy. I was like, this is terrible fucking wrestling, man. Like, I just couldn't get, I, I remember messaging James. I'm like, dude, what do you think about Hook? He's like, I love him. I was like, you're off the podcast. <laughs> dude, so here's what I like about him. And I'm, I'm all about the nuances. His okay. entrance, number one, it is simple. When you see the words Hook Flash, it's perfect. He's from New York. Who does he have do his theme? Action fucking Bronson. Yeah. Dude. A hip-hop legend. Shout out to Action Bronson for the aioli sauce. I know he can cook, too. Like, (laughs) the dude is amazing. So he comes out to that, and it just fits his vibe. He doesn't talk. He he doesn't need to talk. He shouldn't talk. And I love when he gets into the ring. Have you noticed that he turns his back to his opponents? Like, he does not even give a shit. Well, I've only seen the one match, so I just see, you know, keep it in mind. I've only seen the one. Okay, because I but, think this is, but I'm going to get into why I think this clouds your judgment a little bit. So okay, okay. He, he turns his back to his opponents. Like, I love it. He's got the little cross on. The dude's a heartthrob. How do I know this? First off, all the girls that I'm friends with, like on Twitter or whatever, interact with, most of them will say something like, oh my God, this dude's so hot, whatever. But not only that, this dude does not yeah, follow he looks anyone. Like a, he looks like a model, dude, for sure. Like, he's, good, he's a good looking dude. He played so. lacrosse, so he's well-conditioned as well. So you know there's like yeah. no problems with doing in-ring stuff. He played at a big school for lacrosse, according to Taz. I don't know if that's true or if he's kayfaving me or whatever. But the dude has no – he doesn't follow anybody on Twitter. He follows AEW. He doesn't even follow his father. Yeah, <laughs> that, that I've seen that. That's, that's cool. No, nah, dude, but that's 700,000 people just follow this dude. Why? And yeah, I just think why? he's great. He's just great. Dude, I – it's an aura. I can't. Why do people like that's, Jeff Hardy? Okay, I can't so explain that's, it. That's that's what I love about him. Okay, I hated the match. I'm not going to say that. Like, I just don't get it yet. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't get it yet. So I'm not going to say he 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 sucks. I just thought that that one match was terrible. I fucking hated everything about it. What I did love about it was his chant, dude. Just fucking Peter Pan vibes all day. Just hook. Hook, hook, hook. I was like, fuck, dude, this is cool, you know? That's a badass name, too. Like, yeah, dude, it's the yeah. presentation, like, the way he is shown. You could really do a lot of shit with him. Bro, let's fucking talk about his his t- his T-shirt sales. It is just the letters hook, and it fucking sold out over fucking CM Punk shirt. Are you yeah. kidding me? <laughs> like, yeah. dude, it, like you said, it's an aura, man, and I, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy that the fans are happy. Let me just put it that way, like... Uh, all jokes aside, you know, I don't I don't think he's a terrible person and I don't know enough about him in the ring to judge. You've seen him. two matches though, bro. Like you you, I've seen you one. have you reserve your rights. Or oh, I'm sorry, one. He's had one. two matches yeah. pro. Yep. Yeah. So um just the one that I seen. I if he was doing that shit against Fuego, um oh, bro, it was worth you gotta worse. see the okay. Fuego. Well yeah. that well that makes sense though. You know what I mean? Because Fuego is like a smaller guy. You know what I mean? But I just didn't I don't know, man. I just thought that that match just made Bear Bronson look completely weak. <laughs> and how fast he tapped out to that fucking Taz submission, too, was just like, oh, my God. Like <laughs> He should have held on and did something, man. But it, it was just too much powerhouse from, from Hook. I would have liked to have seen more of a brawler style just, just in that match against this big guy. He did have some brawling shit going on, but... I think that's the one thing he I would like to see him work on are the punches a little bit. But other than that, I thought he was great. Like, he should just be like this suplexing machine. 
I liked it. The finisher, he changed it to the uh, the red drum. It, it it works. It works, man. I like it. It's just simple. The presentation is simple. The dude gets it. And he trained at the same school MJF did. Like, I can see well, the good. little nuances. They get old school pro wrestling and what to do and what not to do. I'm a fan. I'll leave so, it at that. So what it, when it comes to his moves, he he did every move great to me. I'm not like shitting on his his style. I'm shitting on the match. <laughs> like the actual match. Like for, for me watching Hook as the first time when I come on there and I'm seeing this guy, I can I can already tell you what my wife would say about this shit, dude. If she was to watch Hook throw away throw around this big guy like that, she would have shit all over this match, dude. <laughs> she is like I was telling her, man, you should have watched wrestling in the 80s. You would have really loved it because it was just your your style, you know, and something that you would enjoy. But, um, yeah, man, I mean, I thought that Hook did every move that I've seen. I didn't see no botches or nothing like that. Like, he, he performed quick. He was fast in the ring. Um, he looked like he'd been doing it for years. Yeah, so. I think it's just all about how you want to present him going forward. Like, do you want him to have a lot of matches? Do you yeah. want him to keep beating guys like Bear Bronson? You know what I mean? Like the yeah. AEW dark t- kind of talent. Or do you want to slowly, like, I think you should protect him at all costs. You don't need him to be out there every single week to do something. Put him out there when you want to pop up a little rating for uh, Rampage and stuff. But the problem is that's going to be easy to do when Rampage has a low number. And then all of a sudden it's like, let's put a hook on. Well, hold on. Take it easy. Yeah. You don't need to do that every week. You can do different things. I, I like him. I really think that they've done a good job with his presentation. I think when it comes to the hype of Hook, I would like to see, and I, I've actually said that I wouldn't want to see something like this, but because of how hyped up Hook is um, and and how much of a big deal he is to the AEW audience, I would like to see him against CM Punk. I would like to see that match. I think Just, I can see it happening in the future. I think they teased it originally, didn't they? Like mm-hmm. um, before Hook ever debuted it or whatever. So yeah, I mean, I'd like to see that match just because CM Punk's got a lot of hype, dude. What did you think about last week's uh, AEW? With uh, well, I guess as these guys are listening to this, it's two weeks ago. That fucking that face paint, the, the trio's face paint. My TikTok at EPW show. If anybody wants to follow me on there blew up like i had my highest video ever because of those face paints i took pictures of them and i was like yo these are straight fire and i had just posted like the cm punk music behind i was like dude these are so cool like as a kid i love it and then they released the t-shirt immediately after and i was just like so cool man like punk came out with the scorpion on the side like i don't know if you're a sting guy or not really oh yeah yeah that's my dude Dude, yeah, like I know some people hate Sting <laughs> for whatever reason, like for no reason. Usually, how could you hate Sting, dude? Fucking yeah. one of the greatest of all time. And shout out to Sting too for uh, getting at Ric Flair today when he when Ric Flair tried to put all the credit on him and he was like, actually, it's on all six of us. And he was like, and Punk's the leader of it, so give him the credit, not me. Sting's the Sting's the dude. But they came very, out with the very hum- humble dude. Yeah, he he's the man. I make jokes all the time. I call him like real or Steve when he was in the main event mafia because he just looks yeah. like he sell you houses and shit. <laughs> but Sting's the man, dude. And I love his paint with punk. Like I thought his looked like uh I don't even know what word I want to use. Like stellar. Like it just looked so crisp, perfect. It worked. It was a fun match. I thought MJF and FTR were great too. That they came out. I was pissed they yeah. didn't use the pinnacle theme. 
I was like, dude, you guys have this sweet theme, but I'm like, maybe MJF wanted to come out to the Midnight Express theme with them. Um, but the only part that scared me was the hip toss to the outside or whatever it was supposed to be. MJF didn't get like enough of the rotation and he almost fell right on his head. Ew, scary, yeah. but dude, I love that match. The face paints were just on point. It Everybody was so went fun, crazy. It, it was a spectacle and, and dude, it just made me love FTR that much more. I love seeing FTR in the ring with Sting. They make him look like a million fucking dollars, man. And he was doing some shit that he like it on, on I, I mean, I said this on last week's podcast, but he was doing some shit that he didn't even need to be doing in this match. It was, it was ridiculous, dude. Yeah. Uh, but he had an extra like pep in his step too, though, when he got he in there, like, I don't know if you noticed it in the beginning, like he looked like he was like, I'm like, bro, is this like 1998 or what? What's going on with Sting right yeah. now? He was like transforming. Like I could do all this. Yeah. I got this. Yeah. It, it was, it was awesome to watch, dude. I enjoyed every single bit of it. Man, that takes me to like Malachi Black. Let's uh what do you what do you, what are your thoughts on Malachi? I love it. I actually thought he was going to be the one. So you know how everybody usually tries to guess who's the next champion. I didn't think it was going to be Cody. I thought Malachi was going to be the one to take down uh Sammy Guevara finally. Like that was my big prediction, but I really want him to get his group together first. Like I want him and you you made mention of uh it Brody on one King. of your past ones. Go ahead, go ahead. Brody King, yeah. He's yeah, I, I I would like to see him in there, but I've had mixed feelings. Like, me and Derek go back and forth on arguing who else should be in the group. I'm a big believer in you got to have the Butcher and fucking Blade I know, in I that hear, group. <laughs> I hear you say that every week, dude. I, you know what? I think I monster. agree with you because I think it would be good for not only the house of black, but for them as well. I mean, you're not really doing much with them on the, on, on TV each week. Actually, I haven't seen them on TV. Dude, in a while. get rid of that HFO group. It sucks. It's made of all tag teams and some dude from dark. What are we doing? And Matt Hardy's better than that. Like I like him with private party. I don't like him with the butcher and blade, the bunny. It's too much. You don't need to do all that. I think he made reference uh, recently, too, that he's going to be bringing back that broken gimmick. It could could have something to do with his brother maybe coming in later. I don't know what Jeff's plans I, are, but... I have no clue what all that drama is or where that's going. I got to listen to the yeah. dirt with uh, James once he's back. Like, I, yeah. I got to stay up on that because I don't know what's happening. But I would love to see, like, the Butcher and Blake go in there. And there's just been me and Derek. Derek debate on should the bunny be in with them or should it be Abaddon? Because Abaddon could use something cool to do too. And I think he can change her character. To me, Abaddon's character's so, problem so is you, that it's too one-dimensional, the zombie thing. So what do you do with the bunny then if if she's replaced? Do you just like have Abaddon replace her and turn her? Or could something? you could you have them both in the group? That's that was our kind of like, all right, mm. well, maybe they could both be in. Because the bunny doesn't wrestle too much. She's more so with the butcher and blade, you know, to be part of it. Yeah, I think it could I, I work. Don't I don't know. That's a Sometimes lot. Sometimes when you have two I, I valets in the group, it's just a little weird. But well, um, Abaddon obviously can just be Abaddon. a singles female competitor. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, she's no valet. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, they haven't really showcased her much. On huh? I think the last time she was on Dynamite was what the Halloween show or something. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's been a while. But <laughs> this roster is so fucking deep that I mean, how do you showcase everybody every single every single week? Um 
And that's the bloated argument too, though. I just feel like there's, I feel like there's different contracts for different people. What do I mean by that? Punk, Brian, these are people featured every week. The elite guys, always on the show. There's always going to be something for them to do, just depending on what time they have, what they're working on, whatever. There's always something for them to do, a time for them to appear on camera. But then you've got other people who it's like, well, Jay Lethal can go do an indie show if he wanted to. He doesn't have to be there every week. He's just there when Tony needs him. Like, I need you this Wednesday. Can you come help? Yeah, sure. I've they been just begging William for fucking years to get Jay Lethal on Prestige. <laughs> <laughs> it for could happen. Years. Yeah, tell tell William to make that call for you, brother. I I, I don't know. He kind of ignores me every time. I I don't know what his deal is, but. <laughs> Um, I've, I've mentioned it to him like, dude, you have to bring Jay Lethal. Like he's so fucking fun. He can give you a hell of a match. I don't know if like, maybe he's heard something I haven't, but, um, I don't know, man. I'm not in a wrestling business like that. So yeah, we're just fans talking or talking Mm -hmm. our smack, but dude, it was really like, they have so many people and I just feel like that's what the contract situation is. And some people are wanting their turn to happen right now. And I think Tony Khan's like, please be patient. Because he does a lot of booking and it takes a while. Like he's gonna, yeah. everybody can't be champion tomorrow. And I know some people are feeling left out. What are we gonna do? What's gonna happen with my? What, what's going on with me? It's always me, 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 me in pro wrestling. And there's yeah, no patience yeah, with yeah. some of it. And I get it too. Yeah, I think uh, I think the roster's kind of fallen in that rut as well. You know what I mean? Because there is so m- so many people to choose from. That when AEW first started, they all felt like they had that shot of of grabbing the brass ring, so to speak. But now it's so it's so deep that um, just everything has to make sense, you know. Um, I think it would make sense to have Malachi take the belt from Cody because of that feud and rivalry that they've had. Um, wouldn't that be something to have Cody join the House of Black? After being beaten so many times from by by Malachi, sp- spray that little black mist in his face. Something changes, fucking dyes the hair black. <laughs> we go back to dark Cody. Yeah, and, and so with the Cody thing, do, what do you think at this point? Is it on purpose or is it one of those things where it's like, ah, we're just gonna play this off as long as we can and have him do this like weird stuff. I think intention, like I think that that it started out um, as a shock, because Cody. I don't think Cody ever wanted to turn heel. You know, um, he was that baby face of AEW, fucking crying every time he did a promo type shit. But <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I, I I think now he's playing it off pretty good. I like what he's doing, like that whole heel tunnel thing that he did a few weeks back where he's fucking almost walked through the heel tunnel and shit, and he's like, oh, shit, and turn around. He's definitely teasing it. So Yeah. Um, I just wanted to follow through. I dig it. I dig it, and I think that uh, I think it's going to have a good payoff in the end. Yeah, I'm interested. Like, like I said, I'll give them a little bit of time here. I want to see what the payoff is for the storyline. Yeah. I heard you talking on your show about um, the Elite – and um, the undisputed elite. <laughs> what, yeah, what do you? What do you? What would you like them? Where do you see this turning? Is it going to be an elite versus the undisputed era type situation in the end? I, do you think it's going to be that? I think so. I feel like Adam Cole has known this whole time what they did to him. I yeah. mentioned it before. 
If you don't know, go back to Ring of Honor when he got kicked out of the Bullet Club. Kenny popped yeah. up on the screen and was like, you know what, bro? Fuck you. You've been a piece of shit, and I want you out of here. And that was his goodbye to go to WWE. The Young Buck super kicked him. He who we shall not speak of uh, assisted in that beatdown and became a member of the Bullet Club. And they gave him the kiss on the cheek. The wrestling world was buzzing. It was like the like one of Ring of Honor's great moments, I thought, where it yeah. was pretty cool to see that happen. I think Adam knows exactly what he's doing since he came back. And he's gonna he's out for payback. He's gonna beat all of their asses, and now he's got his friends to help him do it. And I think eventually they'll kind of turn, and this will possibly bring Kenny back as a babyface and turn the Bucks back babyface if they wanted to. You could do it where Cole and everyone else are babyfaces. They're getting the reaction already. Yeah, you you uh, have a million ways to turn this. I've always liked heel. Uh, Adam Cole and Undisputed Era. I, I really like them as heels, but at the same time, dude, I'm loving heel Young Bucks. So it's kind of hard, man. But we're at this fucking weird time in professional wrestling, too, where I mean, what is a heel and babyface nowadays? You know what I mean? I it's think all it's getting just a role. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just a role you play. Yeah, so it, it, it's just a weird time. Um, I don't know, man. I'm I'm loving a lot of the stuff that AEW is doing, and I can't wait to see more. There, there, there's so much. What, what? How do you feel about the championships? Do you feel like they should have more titles? Because I've heard a lot of people like bring the trios titles, and you know, I I point a gun to my head and cry myself to sleep at night when I hear that. But um, at the same time, you're hearing people say bring tag team titles for the women's division. Do you think that the women's division needs tag team titles? Because after the TBS title. Think that they need it. I don't think so. It's weird because it's like it would make logical sense then, though, if the men have that. Are you going to give the women that? But the women don't get the same amount of television time either. So do you need it? I feel like it's all on ice right now. I think Tony's kind of doing the wait and see approach because do you need trios belts as well? Uh, you have a lot of trios matches and a lot of groups. But what will those belts mean, you know? It's it's a tough spot, I think. I feel like they take they away do. from the actual tag titles. You know what I mean? So you don't like the six-man belts in any other company? Have you ever liked them? Nope. nope. Fuck no. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just not a fan of... Well, I'm not a fan of trios matches. AEW's been killing trios matches, though. They, so I'm not like... Tell, tell, tell Derek that on my show, please. <laughs> Well, he's the same as you. He hates anytime he sees it, he goes, "Oh, come on, this is gonna be sloppy." Yeah. So, and that's that's I I I feel Derek, man, because every time I hear a trios match, I'm like, for fuck's sake, dude, let's stop this. Like, knock it off with this fucking Survivor Series shit. We don't need it. Like, <laughs> I don't want to watch it. I don't like it. And then they I fucking put on the match, and I'm like, okay, this is this is dope. This was a dope match, you know. But it's, it's the it's the New Japan way. Of yeah. getting a bunch of guys on the card, and then it's also a way to sneak a legend in yeah. without yeah. having them do as much work, but you can see them multiple times, and you won't notice. Speaking of sneaking a legend in, do you, Sting has yet to have a, a singles match on AEW. Are we going to get that, do you think? I think eventually you will, but I think that's going to be reserved for possibly Darby. You think so? Yeah. I feel like Darby's going to be the one that ends Sting. Like, Sting will say, like, hey, listen, man, I've been costing us matches. I don't know if I got it anymore. But if there's one person who's going to let me know I've got it, it's you. And he's like, you got it, dude. You got it. And I think he's going to say no. 
I need to prove that I can go in the ring and still be with going up against one of the best. And it's you. And it's like, whoa, shit, like what's going to happen? But I feel like now he wants to get in the ring with a couple people. Like he's like, yeah, give me Brian one time. Give me Punk. And I think they can do yeah. something like give him 10 minute matches or something. I'd like to see him versus Punk, dude. I've said it since day one. Like, when Punk came in, I'm like, dude, Sting versus Punk would be a pretty good dream match to have, and it'd be interesting to see. And I'm sure a lot of people would tune in TV to see it. Don't put that match on a pay-per-view, man. Put that shit on a Dynamite, and let's see what the ratings do. You know what yeah. I mean? Just just yeah. as an experiment, you know? We can you put eat. Darby versus Sting on, on a pay-per-view. Yeah, you have but, a lot of options with that. And I think you can do stuff. Like you said, there's there's a lot to do with Sting. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm excited, man. I, I'm just happy that he's still wrestling and doing his thing. And he surprises me each and every week, <laughs> especially when he gets in the ring, dude, man. That fucking guy looks great. He looks way better than he did in WWE. It's insane. You can see his passion is back. Yeah. Yeah, it's so weird, man. I just can't believe... <sighs> I just, I just get depressed sometimes with how misused some people were, and I'm like, you really couldn't have done anything better for this guy. Yeah, yeah, it's it's unfortunate. It, it is unfortunate. We uh, this last week, me and James are talking. I don't uh, know if you've heard the last week's episode, but me and James are talking about uh, the whole Sting versus Triple H situation at WrestleMania. I enjoyed it because I thought it brought it back a lot of nostalgia and we kind of got to see that DX versus NWO, which was, you know what I mean? It was just, I mean, there was a lot of fuckery in the match, but James was having no part of it, man. Fucking hated this match. Um, Sting should have went over all, you know, the whole nine yards. That's why I James, thought the match that's was why pretty James good. That's why James is the man. James is the man. <laughs> Shout out to James, man. I... I know. I, I love the match. I thought it was good. Um, I, I would have, if I was booking, I would have had Sting go over in the match. But, but other than that, I thought the match was fun. Um, I do remember that being probably the moment of the night of that WrestleMania, besides Seth Rollins cashing in the money in the bank. That was the same one, right? Same WrestleMania? Yeah. Yeah, I think that that mania is very weird. It's very that was like a surprising like the I remember the build to that mania being shit, like complete dog shit where you were like, dude, I'm not excited about this show at all. And then that big icy ladder match like kick shit off. You're like, yo, this is pretty dope. And Rollins and Orton, you had a lot of good shit happen in it. But yeah. when when it came to that match, what I remember the most is I, I always watched WrestleMania usually with like a group of friends back then, like during that time period. And we were all watching it, you know, like eating food and chilling and stuff. And then all of a sudden, when that happened, where it was like you heard the DX and it was like, break it down. You're like, yo, people were like waking up like, yo, this is classic wrestling. This is what I'm talking about yeah. right here. That's yeah. Billy Gunn. And you got people doing the bumps and stuff. What they did in that match probably didn't make any sense to anyone. But it worked. It was just one of those things where it's like, yeah, Hall and Nash can take a, a little miniature bump and that's about it. But it was like, why would the NWO help Sting this one time where it was like, we got you, Stinger. We yeah. got you, brother. <laughs> well, it was just because, so weird. Probably just because of the history of them and because Sting was in. Um, it, was, it, it, it just turned out to be that WCW versus WWE. You know what I mean? You had your your top things in, in WCW versus your top things in WWE uh, minus Stone Cold and The Rock, of course. But <laughs> Right. <laughs> of course, Triple H takes all the credit. He probably fucking thought that he ended the company. But either either way, um, it was fun for me. Uh, James wasn't happening. You'll have to go back and check that 
<laughs> that episode out, dude. It was, it's uh, probably one of our best episodes yet. James, man, he fucking surprises me a lot lately. I was like, dude, you know, you don't have to agree with me. <laughs> don't don't agree with me, man. Fucking tell me what you think. Let him have it. And so, so now he just like doesn't agree with me ever. <laughs> I love it though. I love it because it builds for good conversation. But yeah, man. I mean, I that's that's pretty much it for for me on AEW. Um, I will be on uh, the Bombcast if you guys are hearing this. You guys are hearing this Monday, so I don't know if the Bombcast will be released. Um, yeah, come check out uh, Graham and uh, Brian Williams' podcast. Conrad was a guest on there. And I will be on Everything Pro Wrestling, right, this week? Yeah. Well, yeah, last week as you're hearing this. Go check that shit out on YouTube as well. And, yeah, we'll get into what if. Guys, it's a weird uh, weird podcast this week. We're not doing multiple uh, segments. We're just going to be doing a couple of segments this week. Uh, Conrad, like I said, took the hot tag from James needed to get away from that trill talk shit for a little while um yeah so we're just gonna roll with the flow man uh we yeah you guys you want to start what if or what yeah let's get into it all right fuck yeah enjoy the rest of the show guys This is the Fallen Eagle, Christopher Daniels, National Treasure, Inspiration to Children Everywhere, and you're listening to Pro Wrestling Shoot! Eddie Guerrero is widely regarded as one of the greatest wrestlers in professional wrestling history. His family has earned a grand reputation in the business for bringing forth tremendous talent in the squared circle over the years through three generations. Guerrero saw his stardom peak in the WWE, but that came to a tragic end at quite a young age. That makes his story and legacy in that ring that much more impactful. Eddie Guerrero got started in the business early. He began working his way up as he began training after attending New Mexico Highlands, where he participated in Collegate Wrestling before moving to Mexico to train as a professional wrestler. He spent his first five years in the business with CMLL before taking off to AAA. Guerrero spent two years with the company where he became part of one of the most hated tag teams in Lucha Libre history along with the pair of terror alongside Art Bar. Eddie Guerrero and Bar nearly joined Extreme Championship Wrestling, as then owner Paul Heyman attempted to bring him over, but Bar passed away before they participate as a tag team in 1995. He did join in ECW for a short stint that year. During this time, Guerrero was wrestling in New Japan Pro Wrestling as the Black Tiger from 1993 to 1996. It saw him leap World Championship Wrestling WCW in the late 1995 as part of the WCW vs. New Japan Pro Wrestling World Cup Tournament. Guerrero stayed with WCW until 2000 as he became one of the staple wrestlers in the company that saw him as he carried many titles such as the United States Heavyweight Championship, Cruiserweight Championship during his four-year run with the business. Eddie Guerrero continued to rise prominence as he was part of the infamous WCW group that joined the company alongside Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko, and Perry Saturn. He quickly found his footing in the company as his infamous Latino Heat persona that followed him throughout his WWE career. Guerrero earned the European Championship, the Intercontinental Championship, during his first couple of years with the company. However, 
he experienced a setback with a DUI in November 2001 that he got released from the WWE. Guerrero got another chance from the company in April 2002, which he took advantage of, rising to his enormous popularity in his wrestling career. The creation of SmackDown gave Eddie Guerrero the platform to take off to the next level as he worked his way into the WWE Championship picture in 2004 worked his way into becoming the number one contender to upset Brock Lesnar at No Way Out to earn the title. That saw him effectively defending the title at WrestleMania 20 in one of the most significant stretches of his career. Eddie Guerrero continued to stay on top as one of the biggest attractions in the business. Behind his entertaining charisma, he remained a fan favorite that saw him have an incredible feud with JBL that endeared him even forth to fans. Guerrero would have a fallout of the WWE title picture but had the tag team title run with longtime friend, Rey Mysterio. However, it came crashing down on November 13, 2005, as he was found unconscious in his hotel room in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Guerrero passed away shortly afterwards in the hotel at the age 38. As the autopsy revealed, he had acute heart failure due to underlining cardiovascular disease. Eddie Guerrero's death devastated many in the business as he was a beloved wrestler among his colleagues and a fan favorite. He had his tough times at certain stages of his career as he battled drug and alcohol addiction that took its toll on him. Eddie Guerrero had also been involved in steroid use that may have impacted his health. Beyond that, wrestling was everything for him that meant so much more than a match. Today we are going to celebrate the times of Eddie Guerrero, not only in the ring but outside of the ring the impact he left on his fans, and we're also going to fantasy book, what if Eddie Guerrero was still with us? What if? Yo, so today we're going to be talking about what if Eddie Guerrero was still with us. Conrad, this is probably a good time for you to join the what if series, dude. Um, We did not plan this at all, but I know that you love to talk about Eddie Guerrero. I should probably have you on for the Owen Hart one, too when we get ready for him. Uh, what, do, what do you think this show is going to be like? Dude, I love the the what if uh, shows period that you guys have done. Uh, really tremendous stuff and all of the factors that you guys look at and all the variables to this. And I do think that uh, Eddie Guerrero is one of the most interesting ones to talk about as well. When I saw this on your lineup for the season, um, there's a lot to talk about here and a lot to dissect. Absolutely, man. And I think that there's no better person to do that with than you, man, because I know that you pick apart a lot of these things and I'm really excited to talk about this. So let's just dive in, man. Obviously, uh, Eddie, we lost Eddie at a very young age. Um, immediately after that, we got to see a Rey Mysterio push. Um, do you think that that Rey Mysterio push had anything to do with Eddie's passing? Do you think that he would have eventually got the title? at some point or cause Ray Mysterio I, was still pretty big. I 100% think that Ray Mysterio's push was just due to Eddie's passing. I, I felt like they, um, they possibly probably looked at like, well, who could we do something with to uh, make this better? And they looked at Chavo. You've got Ray. Ray, Ray's the bigger merch seller out of the two. Ray sells the masks. Absolutely. Ray is one of the most famous luchadors of all time. And I don't think he gets enough credit for that, for like how good he was. Um, watching him back in the old days on Nitro revolutionized the game. His matches with Eddie Guerrero, that match at Halloween Havoc, dude. Like you guys did a special on that too. Just, dude, 
amazing. Does Rey Mysterio get that push? I don't know. I don't know. I, I want to say yes, it would have came eventually, but I don't feel fully confident in saying that. I, I don't it's, know. It's Rey hard. was one. I, I would have done it. Because uh, I always tell people, my father and several of my friends, we always get into this argument. Rey Mysterio is not believable. Do you go with what's believable or do you go with what's selling? If Rey Mysterio is the number one merch seller of masks, the gloves, all that stuff, you got to push him, in my opinion. And some people be like, well, that's just not believable, though. He's such a small guy. I, I think Rey Mysterio would have got to there eventually. I think it would have took longer. Yeah, I mean. Maybe four years longer, but. I mean. WWE loves the David versus Goliath storyline. I think that we would have seen it eventually. Um, I don't know how how soon, you know, but it could have possibly been against Eddie. There's a lot of turn of events that happened after Eddie's death. Obviously, you know, we got to see that Rey Mysterio push, um, and Rey Mysterio was featured in a lot of really great matches after that. But um, tragedy definitely struck with uh, the whole Chris Benoit situation. Um, that's kind of hard to talk about. Do you think uh, Do you think any of this would have been different? Do you think that maybe Chris Benoit didn't do some of the things that he did and uh, still be with us today as well? Because, you know, watching that Dark Side of the Ring, did you ever watch that episode? Yeah, the two-parter. Okay, yeah, so watching that, it's kind of... It kind of makes you think that Eddie Guerrero was the reason for Chris Benoit kind of snapping, right? Um, I think I think it was a big part of a professional um, spiral. Yeah, I think he lost something that was like his entire world, and I don't think people realize sometimes how important the relationships are in wrestling. You don't make too many friends, it seems like, in pro wrestling. But when you do, you kind of hang on to those people pretty closely. And I think that's what happened with Benoit and Eddie. He was like, yo, that's my guy. That's someone I can trust. That's someone I can go to when I need help. If something's going wrong with my family, he was the person I would go to. And then when that's not there anymore, what does he have, you know? Yeah. So, I, I would, so I'm going to say this as an, as an optimist. I would like things to be different. If that's uh, a fair way of putting it, oh, yeah, I would absolutely. rather have it that way. I'm I'm a huge Chris Benoit fan. Well, I was I should say it's a, like a weird way to talk about it now. Um, you can always go back and watch something with him, and you're like, "Damn, that was so good." But you know, yeah. there's always the but, and they're like, uh, "I don't think I should be enjoying this match, or you know, glorifying this person for what they did." Um, yeah, dude, really good stuff. I I, I want it to be different. Like, I wish like. None of this all ever happened. Eddie Eddie's passing changed the course of history in so many respects, like we're talking about here. But I would like to think that none of the stuff with the Benoit tragedy ever happens if Eddie doesn't pass. So let's book it that way, man. Let's book Eddie Guerrero still with us today. What would his career look like in WWE? Chris Benoit is still with us. Um, He doesn't have the spiral. Eddie talks him out of it or whatever, you know, talks him out of his funk, not out of what he did, obviously, but out of whatever he was going through at the time. And he's still with us. These guys still have a professional career. Um, How, how would his career look in WWE? Would he be a multiple, multiple, multiple time champion or would he just fade, so away, I guess fade away in some goofy shit? 
at the time of his passing, I know that the story with Eddie Guerrero was kind of his redemption towards the World Heavyweight Championship with Batista on SmackDown. It was kind of like, hey, give me a shot, my friend, you know? Yeah. You can trust me. And everyone's like, ah, Eddie's been a slimy heel for the most part. Should Batista trust him? And I think Eddie was going to be trustworthy. And to me, what I would have done was probably give Eddie a shot at the title, have him win it for a little short run um, in the very beginning, beat Batista, and maybe turn Batista heel and give us that Hollywood Batista a little sooner than people would have thought. You know, giving him that beat down that he gave Ray years later, yeah. I think that would have worked out better. Because Batista was going to get stale a little bit after that, where he's fighting Kali all the time. And it's just like he would lose. And I'm like, how's he still getting title shots? It's been three months, bro, or three pay-per-views in a row. He was always in that world title mix. So to me, Eddie Guerrero would have been uh, seasoned, I think, for a nice short run. Against Batista? Yeah. Yeah, I think he defeats Batista and becomes like the baby face that people wanted. And I would probably turn Batista heel. That's what I would do with it. How long do you think he would have lasted in the WWE had this not happened? You think he'd still be wrestling mm. today? I'm trying to think. Do, do we have a age where he was at within all of this no, around that time? young, right? Uh, I'm pretty sure. But I, I also think he was towards the end of his uh, pro wrestling um, how do I want to say this? He was, he was 38 years old. Okay, so he probably still had a little bit of time then. He could he probably could have squeezed another 10 out. Yeah. He yeah. wanted to. Well, as phenomenal as Eddie Guerrero was, um, yes, definitely. Um, I could even go as far to say, you know, maybe today if he was still wrestling, maybe he would have been an AEW. Interesting. Go ahead. Take take me down that path. Why do you think that? Um, well, I think that they're doing a lot of interesting stuff in the way that WWE is going today. If he was still in the business and working for WWE, whether he was uh, loyal to Vince McMahon or whatever he was going through personally with the company, because he did have his battles, and um, there just wasn't any options when Eddie Guerrero was in WWE. You know what I mean? Like, WCW was done. He left WCW to come to WWE. And then WCW got shut out. And then there was just WWE. I couldn't see Eddie Guerrero going to TNA or anything like that, like Kurt Angle did. Um, but, you know, with AEW around now, if, you know, you know how WWE is, they don't really like the old timers. <laughs> I could have possibly seen Eddie Guerrero being released by WWE at some point. Um, but then again, we're rocking edge today. <laughs> so Right. Um, he, he, I think he could have been an agent too. Could have following the footsteps of Dean Malenko. I could have seen him and Benoit doing that together, possibly. Yeah, yeah, we could have seen maybe a Sting Eddie Guerrero mashup of some sort. Um, just like we're seeing with uh, Tolly and Arn, that would have been pretty cool. It would have been, yeah, it would have been something we never expected or or ever got in WCW since Eddie Guerrero was just treated as one of the small guys, you know. Unfortunately. I don't know, man. There's, I think there's a lot of different things that Eddie Guerrero could have done in AEW. Um, I don't see him. It, it all just comes down to what kind of relationship he had with Vince McMahon and what he could have been doing. Because if he if he really loved WWE and that was just where he wanted to stay, then he'd probably be producing, I would want to say. 
I, I would I would think that there would always be a job for Eddie in the WWE. I don't think that he would just be a talent released. Uh, I think they would have something going on for him, but we don't know how good Eddie was at producing or anything like that behind the scenes of professional wrestling, or or if you'd even want to. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of how long Chavo lasted, too, because you got to think they came in around the same time era. Mm-hmm. At least, I think they would have lasted about the same amount of time, too. Chavo's still going hard today, man. Yeah. He, he, yeah, so. Doing some indie stuff. He's having a good time. He's on AEW every now and then. So. Yeah. It, interesting, man. That's that's a, a crazy thing to think about. Eddie Guerrero and AEW having matches still. Could you imagine him in there with, like, Punk? Like, the the way Punk talks about him, and a lot of the wrestlers, like, they love Eddie Guerrero. I would love to just see it. Or imagine a mixed tag match in the other company in WWE, Sasha and Eddie versus, like, uh, Benoit and Charlotte Flair. You know? Yeah. That you could you could have really did some really cool shit, I think, with uh, both sides. Or if he stayed in WWE wrestling, can you imagine uh, Dominic being as old as he is now and wrestling oh, and wrestling Eddie Guerrero? Like, I'll never forgive you, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> like, they bring this storyline back from years, years ago. Dominic is Dominic now a wrestler. Dominic will be in a shark cage. <laughs> yeah, I'll never forget about this shit. <laughs> Where is Vicky? Where is Vicky? Uh, classics, man. Yeah, so, I mean, there's there's a lot of things that you could think of that what Eddie Guerrero would still be doing today. I would, I would think that that would be poetry in motion to have him with Rey Mysterio and doing the whole Dominic thing. And Dominic feud, it could be a way for Dominic to turn heel on Rey Mysterio yeah. and actually join Eddie as a wrestler. Um, I'm trying to remember um, what else had happened in there. I even think Eddie winning the title, he could have dropped it to Rey in a respectful manner, and you still could have gotten in the same direction too. And what would Eddie have done at WrestleMania 22? The rumored match that we always said, Eddie Guerrero versus Shawn Michaels. Oh, that would have been fantastic. WrestleMania 22. There's, uh, I believe that was in Chicago. That's what, that's what I'm saying, man. So Eddie passed at such a young age and at such a a time in WWE that was on an upscale, definitely. Like, I don't think that WWE was bad at, at this, this point in time. And there were so many stars still left that he could have had those dream matches with. Shawn Michaels would have been phenomenal to see him face. Yeah, yeah, Sean would have been great, and I think you could have still even led into the because they were on separate brands. I think at the time, right? But you could have still had it lead to Sean, like Vince screw Sean out of the match. Yeah, and that leads to their feud, and then Eddie picks up a big win, and then he can go for his redemption towards the title. Or you could have held off on the Batista thing, and then did it afterwards. Like now, Eddie's ready for the title. Yeah, I mean, before he passed, we had some crazy ass matches with him and JBL as well. Um, those were some of my favorite. J- uh, the one where JBL was just busted wide open, bleeding all over the was place. That, what about? I, I remember the one where Eddie. I think my buddy had ordered it. Um, he, Eddie Guerrero got busted open with the chair shot. Like I'll never forget that sound of the chair hitting him. Yeah, and you just saw it like leaking, and I'm like, bro, it was bad. It's crazy. It was bad. Yeah, definitely got busted the hard way on that one. <laughs> Um, yeah, we uh, we could have possibly even seen Eddie Guerrero go up against Taker for one of his streak matches. That could have been something to see. Yeah, man, that was was that in one of the video games too? Didn't they tease something so. like that? Where, I think so. Yeah, 
I think it was like SmackDown versus Raw 06 or 07. Good shit, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I, so, shout yeah. to whoever wrote that. Like, very well done. Yeah. <laughs> There's so who else was on that roster in WWE when Eddie passed? Do you do you have any idea or what was that? Two thousand five. Six, I want to say it was around that time period. Yeah, maybe. No, it was 05. It was You're 05, right. It was yeah. going into 06. But you had Mr. Kennedy, MVP. Like, these guys were just starting to make a name for themselves. And I thought you could have done um, a lot of good stuff there. Kane. I don't remember really seeing Eddie Guerrero and Kane in too many, like, well-built matches. I'm sure they probably wrestled on Raw in a five-minute match or something. Or in a tag match, but could you imagine like an Eddie Guerrero and Kane feud? That could have been really good. Yeah, back when Kane could still move around the ring, that would be yeah, would be interesting. Dude, this 2005 roster was actually pretty stacked. It had quite a bit of people. I mean, granted, we were still going through the the um, what you call it, the draft, I guess. So you still had the split brands, but man. You know, you got Batista, Bobby Lashley, Booker T, and the, I'm not going to name off all of them, but I'm just naming off some some bigger names that we could have seen some. I mean, obviously, Chris Benoit was on there, Chavo Guerrero, Chris Jericho, Christian. You had. And he was on his way out, too. That's another, like, crazy one. Christian. Yeah. yeah he was on his way to Impact, right? Yep. Yeah, so you had Edge. Here's an here, here's an interesting name. Frankie Kazarian Man. was on the SmackDown roster in 2005. I remember he used to be on a uh, Velocity. Yep, you'd see him on there. Oh, how the times have changed! <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see a Frankie Kazarian match versus Eddie Guerrero. Hulk Hogan was still around at this time too. Oh my goodness! Yeah, SummerSlam. Yep. So you had Hulk Hogan. Uh, weird enough, Jim Cornette was working with the company at this time as well. Yeah, I think he was still down uh, running the OVW. It says that Jim Duggan was working for the company in 2005. That's weird. Yeah, remember he used to pop up. He would rock like the basketball shorts and just wrestle sometimes occasionally. So random, dude. So random, yeah. USA! <laughs> yeah, you got Kane. Kurt Angle was still in the in the company at this time, but we had seen Kurt Angle versus Eddie. Yeah, like the previous year before 05, they wrestled a lot. Correct. Lance Storm was in there. Lance Storm, highly underrated. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Mark Henry. Misused during that time. Marty Jannetty was on the Raw roster at this time, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah, because uh, the <laughs> Rockers reunion. Yo, a lot of shit happened in 05 now that I'm thinking about Fucking it. Fucking wild, dude. Mick Foley. Yeah, Mr. Kennedy, as you said. Orlando Jordan. Uh, Randy Orton. Psychosis was even on there. The Rey Mysterio, Rhino, Ric Flair, Rob Van Dam, Roddy Piper was actually on the roster. He had enough people to possibly bring back the LWO and put some respect on some people's names. Yeah, too. I mean, you got fucking super crazy there. Psychosis. Um, Hoovy. Hoovy was a part of it. Let's see here. No, I skipped a couple too. Yep, there's Hoovy. Yeah, man. I mean, it, it, there, there's a lot. Hardcore Holly was still fucking on the roster at this time as well. I mean, a lot of interesting names. Uh, and this was just 2005. I mean, this shit grew as the years went by. You had 2007, 2006. 
A lot of characters changed. It could have got interesting. Have we ever seen Triple H versus Eddie Guerrero? I can't can't recall. I think they did once for like a draft match in oh four. But no, maybe? no, like big build though, right? No, it was just like one of the. It was like the main event of Raw for like a draft pick. I think. Uh, I forgot. That was one of those weird ones where the, like the Dudley Boys got drafted, but then they brought them. But they did a trade for Triple H. Like, they gave up, like, the Dudley boys and someone else to get Triple H back on the Raw. And I was like, what? This is crazy. Like, you got bait and switched on the draft show. Dude, I would have liked to have seen a build. Because Triple H is really good at putting people in good matches. You know? Like, he makes he makes a lot of matches good. I I feel like he would have put Eddie over in a match. If, if built I, I would hope so. Yeah, well. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I'm saying that wrong. Maybe you fucking would have screwed him over. Who knows? <laughs> And this is Triple H we're talking about. Who knows what would happen. But Pedigree. in my booking and in my mind, I feel like that would have been a good match, putting Eddie over. But, but I always felt like he respected Eddie, though. There was never any like signs of where he was disrespecting him. I think he put Benoit over. I mean, why not, right? That's true, yeah. Yeah, man, I mean, it would have been interesting. And, you know, as the times grew, you got, you know, John Cena and a whole bunch of other people coming in. I think 06, right? 06 is when Cena started. Cena's, Cena was, he just got the belt in 05, and then, like, oh, so he was I'd a, probably say what? he was just in the beginning of getting, like, world title pushes and stuff. Really? In 05? Mm-hmm. Oh, That's when he beat uh, JBL at Mania. Okay. That was the beginning of his rise before he got traded to Raw, and then Batista went to SmackDown. That was how the Eddie stuff started with him. What would you have liked to see from Eddie Guerrero in in WWE in the future? Ah. Any any later? Because I mean, in 05, he's he's thirty eight, right? So yeah, uh, keep keep in mind how, how old's Chris Jericho? <laughs> fifty now, right? Is he fifty? Is he fifty? I don't know if he's. I think he might be forty nine. I think he's fifty. Hold he's on, the big five zero. I'll ask my assistant, uh, Google. <laughs> <laughs> How old is Chris Jericho? He's one years old. Oh shit! Fifty-one. I threw that one at the end of that five. Yeah, man. So think of Eddie Guerrero eleven years after this, and you know he wouldn't be rocking the dad bod like Chris Jericho. That fool would be probably be in fucking great shape. Eddie Guerrero has always been in, in fantastic shape. I think that Eddie could have squeezed out a good 15 15 more years on top of this what do you think yeah if he if he wanted to i think he could have i could even have seen him now at this point like in a managerial role for someone that he really believed in yeah if he wanted to who would you um, uh, like to see him with in that in that sort of situation i think andrade i think part of like andrade's uh faction that he's doing now maybe like eddie is a special counselor that he always goes to when he's in trouble he's like eddie what should i do and eddie's kind of like the the wake up guy like listen man i've told you a million times like you know like the boss of everything i've told you what you have to do do this this and this and then they could lead to a big match between those two now would we get would we get calm eddie in this situation or would we get like fucking hyped up eddie because he used to cut some fucking excellent promos when he was hyped i think you could start him off as calm because he doesn't want to take the shine off of Andrade, but then as time is going along and Andrade's matches are getting better, he's getting fired up. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you can get the big blow-off match between those two. Money. 
Could you imagine money. an Eddie Guerrero Pretty. in 2005 versus a Ray Phoenix in 2021? Dude, I just lost shit everywhere. <laughs> like, it would be great. That would be fantastic. Could you imagine, like, Eddie Guerrero versus Pac? Like, you got yeah. me on the AEW yeah. train. I wasn't even thinking like but that. But just think, like, of him in this, in this era, 2005. Like, if he had just that same ring skill versus some of the yeah. s- stars that we see today, Penta, Pac, um... Andrade, Danielson. fuck, yeah, it, you know, Phoenix, Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns, Eddie and Roman would be money. Yeah. You, you, you could do so many things. And I even think about his daughter too, when she was in NXT, um, that I think that would have changed her character a lot too. When she was down there, I know she didn't wrestle for a super long period of time, but I wonder how that would have changed if her father was still around and mentoring her like, Hey, I would do this instead. Yeah. Not feeling WWE go here. Yeah. Yeah, dude, that's that's what's great about multiple companies um, now. I wish that we would have had that then. And I don't think that we realized what this was going to do to the business with just having WWE only at the time. You know, nobody really thought or blinked an eye at it. You know, oh, fuck it. You know, WCW is going down the tube anyway. Um, Might as well just be WWE. They're the better product. But nobody really thought about the talent in that situation and, and what the possibilities could be with another company like AEW coming up and showcasing what they got now. That's why I think a lot of fans are taking advantage of wrestling today. Um, as much as I shit on WWE, I would never want there to not be a WWE. Does that make sense? Yeah. Competition creates a, a better vibe and then, Eddie was part of all those competitions. So I think he knows that even as a wrestler, you have to know that's better without WWE. AEW isn't quite as cool. Isn't quite as fun to watch because now you're like, well, this is all we got. Yeah. This is what it is. And you, and you kind of become a victim to their tropes too. Like the things that they like to do becomes the normal thing to do. How many times have we said like, oh, their ta- the tag partner's got to be turning in AEW or something? It's like, dude, you don't have to do that. I no. like I tell people that all the time while we're watching it, and someone will make a comment. I'm just like, dude, you do know they can kind of not do the trope that you're used to. Yeah, you can just do something completely different. Yeah, I think we had this conversation too that like some some stuff is good, but I don't think that we need to stick to the narrative of, oh, it's time for a heel turn, or yeah. you know, certain things like that. When are they going to turn him heel? Like. They don't fucking have to turn him heel. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. That doesn't need to be a thing. Um, we don't need to break up tag teams just because they're together. Let's break them up. That's ridiculous. Uh, I fucking hated that about WWE. So <laughs> I hope that they don't start. Still, or the or the can they coexist? And you get oh. tag champions like Ray and Eddie. Like, perfect example. They did it with them even. It was like you, they could have been a great tag team. You didn't have to do that. Exactly. Yeah. It's just a lot of situations that WWE did that dropped the ball. But man, what what scenario would you like to see? Or let me let me rephrase this question. What's a dream match that you would like to see Eddie Guerrero in? If you had to pick one from now from any any period in time of wrestling, what what match would would be not just a match, but a good build up with a feud? WrestleMania moment, all that thing. Just like, what what would you have to pick? I think I have two people that come to mind that I want to use. And I don't know which way I'd rather build it, but I'm going to say it 
for one. So definitely Shawn Michaels and Eddie, I think could have been a great build up, a great feud. And I think it could have been about both of their redemptions yeah. going forward. Like, hey, this is my big moment. This is what I've always wanted to do. You failed at this and I failed at that. But that doesn't mean that you're better than me. You know, like it could have been a misunderstanding. And it was like, oh, so you think you're better than me, Sean? I never said that, but I didn't screw up like you did, you know? He was like, didn't the Rockers get released in 88? And they could have been, oh, yeah, they got fired too. So are you really better than me, Sean? And you, you could have thrown some shoot stuff in here. Shout out to the pro wrestling shoot. And it would have been <laughs> some good shit, man. I think that would have been a great buildup. And I'm going to give you an off-the-wall one. Okay. Eddie Guerrero going back to New Japan to face off with Kenny Omega during his height when he was going up against Okada. I think that could have been in the making for a really great storyline. Just based on their bodies of work alone, I think they had similar body types at that time. Kenny Omega was massive. This is before the injuries. Like, go back to New Japan, Kenny, when he was swole diesel. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm a heavyweight yeah. now. Eddie Guerrero had a similar body type, and I think they could have put on some bangers with how Kenny Omega can move. Hitting V-triggers, setting them up for the one-wing angel. Eddie's getting out, using the lasso from El Paso. Like, their moves fall into each other as well, and I think that could have been a lot of fun. I never realized, like, how... Tana Tanahashi's another one that I think would have been great. Yeah, yeah. Or Okada. He could have he put on bangers with those guys. Just simple stuff. The wrist control. You just hold on to Eddie's wrist, and he could have told a great story with it. I think, and he could have cheated the guy. I think that Kenny Omega thing has just got me intrigued, man. I never realized like how, because when you said that, I envisioned it. You know what I mean? And it, they have a similar story too. G- cruiserweight guys who were like, ah, this is where they'll be forever. That they'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And really good though. It's like, nah, dude, he's better than that. This dude's great. You have to see him. Put him in the, with the heavyweights, and he'll show you. Finn Balor. Another guy you could tell the same story within WWE. It works. Kevin Owens would be a nice, nice little touch as well. Yeah, man. So so many different uh, scenarios. What do you think? So let's let's take it back to the beginning. Um, keep in mind Benoit is with us still. Who would you have liked to see Chris Benoit face? Because I think Chris Benoit and and Kenny Omega would be fan fucking tastic. Oh yeah, yeah. There's gonna be some hamburger meat chest on both sides. I think. Yes, absolutely. Or more, actually, no, more so Kenny. Or <laughs> or even better, Chris Benoit versus Brian Danielson. Yes, that was that was what came to my mind first. Like a technical masterpiece. I would have loved to have seen it, and we we weren't too far off from it. It could have happened. I think. Yeah. If uh, everything else didn't go the way that it really did, I th- that that could have been some really fun storytelling stuff. That could have even been the way Benoit went out, where he was just like, you know what? This guy beat me. I'm going to go backstage and ride off into the sunset. I was done doing the ECW shit anyway, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because they were kind of, it felt like they were scaling him back a little bit, and he knew it. Like, yeah, you're going to be on the third brand now, but you're going to be the top guy. And it's like, <laughs> uh, Man... I fucking miss Eddie Guerrero, dude. I miss him. There, There's like, I go back and watch Eddie matches all the time. And it was just one of those guys that I feel like I took advantage of, man. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I took for granted. Like, I, I, I just, 
I don't know, man. I, I I don't think that any of us expected him to be gone as soon as he was. Um, same with Chris Benoit, man. These are just two banger athletes that um, nobody expected to leave us so soon. So when it happened, um, it was just too much of a shock to realize what we were really missing. Yeah, it was just crazy, too, how, like, I don't know, how great they just were putting them together. It, it, it kind of feels like it's like a hybrid episode now talking about both of them, but they're so interlinked. It's it's crazy, like, yeah. I have a hard time bringing up Eddie Guerrero without bringing Chris Benoit into the mix because I feel like both of their deaths were so were so linked, as you said. Like, it, was, it had a lot to do with one another. Yeah, dude, the... I don't know. What is your favorite? I'm going to reverse the question on you. What is your favorite Eddie Guerrero? Like what, what version of him is your favorite? Like, is it WWE when you think of him? Is it WCW? Dude. So I loved him in WCW personally. Um, I thought he had some fantastic matches in WCW. Obviously the one with Rey Mysterio at Halloween Havoc comes to mind for everybody when it came to WCW, but it, it was the moments for me, the whole LWO thing that he did in WCW was great. Uh, very, very entertaining. Um, but it's hard not to think of Eddie Guerrero and the success that he did in WWE and some of the amazing matches he had with JBL, Kurt Angle. Um, it, it, I mean, I, I even love the comedy stuff, man. Yeah, like him in China with the Mama Sita. Yeah. That was good stuff. Mama Sita, yeah. Latino. He like it just worked. Man. Yeah, he could make you like you said. He was a performer who could make you laugh, cry, be happy, sad, angry with like the Rey Mysterio Dominic stuff. Like he just knew how to to get you. He's like, I got him. Yeah, there there was just this something about him, do. dude. That with Rey Mysterio in particular. Those two, just because they traveled the road so long, man, together, it the chemistry there is just undeniable. And and the matches that they had, that ladder match that they had for the Dominic uh, custody, custody custody battle, custody on a pole match, um, it was phenomenal, dude. It was a great ladder match. Um, I feel like I I feel like he fought Edge for some reason. I'm thinking him and Edge. At some point, they had a good feud in uh, 02. Okay, and that that is what's coming to mind right now, and I'd have to go back and watch it again. But something stuck out with that feud to me that I really enjoyed. The ladder match, that uh, the power bomb spot, absolutely crazy off the ladder. I think he was the first one to do the sunset flip into a power bomb off the ladder from it. Okay, Just okay, yeah, great it, stuff. It, it's phenomenal, man. Um, we didn't have money in the bank matches back then either, huh? No, no. This was right before. So, so imagine Eddie competing in one of those yeah. still. Some of the crazy ah, shit dude. that we see today, I mean, um, <laughs> with with death matches and light tubes and shit like that. Could you see Eddie Guerrero fighting in, in a match like that at all? Eddie Guerrero versus Nick Gage on uh, Dynamite. Uh, I don't know. Oh, my goodness. I don't know if I'd want to see it that far, but... Do you, could you imagine him like doing some light tube shit or any of the wacky stuff that we see today? You know what? I don't think Eddie would have done that. I think that would have been too much for him. Yeah. I think he knew, like, listen, man, I've been doing this a long time. This shit don't mean nothing. <laughs> like, I, Eddie, Eddie was a teacher, too. Yeah. Like, nah, we're not doing that where, shit. Where do you stand on death matches? How do you feel about them? 
I like them now. I've grown into them a little bit more. I don't hate them. It's a genre of uh, pro wrestling that's for some people and not for others. Um, I can watch them. It doesn't really bother me too much as long as there's not like any of the... I, I don't know if they're like nails or whatever they use to like stick into people. Sometimes I'm like, all right, too much, bro. Yeah. But I, I, I wince. But other than that, I'm like, oh, it's, it's okay. Like I like GCW. Yeah. I'll watch it from time I to time. I feel like me and you are on the same the same level of deathmatch. I, I feel like that we're, we're just, we're just pro wrestling lovers. So when it comes down to some dirty ass shit <laughs> that they do in these death matches, we'll watch them, but it's not something that I would be booking on the card. <laughs> right. Right. Like, yeah, that's not my forte. Like if I was starting a company and I could do whatever I wanted, I, that's not what I'm putting on though. Yeah. Like absolutely they scare not. the fuck Maybe. out of me, dude. Those kind of matches scare me. I don't, I, I yeah. just get so scared for, these guys in the ring. I don't want a fucking piece of light tube sticking in somebody's neck like David Arquette. I like when I seen that dude, I, I was like, see, this is what I fucking knew was gonna happen eventually. Like, I don't I don't like that shit, dude. I just don't want anybody to get any permanent damage from these fucking matches. And unfortunately, uh there has been a lot of permanent damage come from these matches. I I, I I'm with you. I couldn't see Eddie Guerrero doing a death match at all. I can see him in a Money in the Bank, and I think that he would be phenomenal in it. I think I think I would have loved to have seen him be around too when Jericho came back, when Jericho was at his like peak, when he came back with the suits and everything. With the list, imagine a match with them. Um, I'm talking about even like '08. So he first came back. Remember, he was still doing like the Y2J stuff, and it was like, yeah, this ain't working. Yeah, let me flip it. And then he started wearing the trunks. Imagine that Jericho versus like Eddie Guerrero or Benoit. Yeah. Like, you could have done a lot of cool shit with them. One of my favorite ladder matches of all time was Chris Jericho versus Shawn Michaels at No Mercy. Uh, yeah. Do you remember that match? Jericho gets that was, that... gets his tooth knocked out and all that shit. Yeah. So I was the, there uh... live for that. I was in the audience for okay. that match. And it was one of my all-time favorite ladder matches. I don't know. There was just something about the storytelling from that match, um, the build-up to that match. Everything about it, man. So seeing uh, that version of Chris Jericho versus Eddie Guerrero would be amazing to me. That would be definitely up there in the WWE realm. I I can't I can't get past Shawn Michaels and and Eddie Guerrero or even the Undertaker and Eddie Guerrero. I, I think that these two would have put on and some crazy shit. I, too. I'm trying to think if Eddie and Randy ever met either. I think that could have been interesting. The frog splash RKO. You know they would have wanted to do one. Yeah, I could have gotten like where one. he's going for the frog splash and then just the RKO out of nowhere. Let me uh check it to see if it ever happened. Yeah, that's Eddie Guerrero versus Randy Orton. So it did happen. Number one contenders match. Um. Yeah, they had a they had a feud. Really? Like, yep. I'm trying to remember when that could have been. Maybe 05, because I think he was on the SmackDown roster at the same time. I could see that. Maybe in the midst of that Taker feud. So, uh, I guess Randy Orton had, oh, never mind. This is a different feud. But yeah, no, Randy Orton did face uh, Eddie Guerrero in SmackDown. 
And it looks like it was a young uh, Randy Orton as well. This was the Randy Orton I loved when he first came in uh, on the scene, when he first got that world title um, after Triple H. I don't know. It was something about that look, man. I mean, I like I like Randy Orton now too, but there's something about that that rookie Randy Orton dude that I that really popped for me. That yeah, just the arrogance. Yeah, yeah. It just worked, man. Yeah, Eddie Eddie could have had so many uh, so many great matchups and could have did so much so much great stuff, man. Yeah, um, eventually, eventually, Randy Orton ended up doing a storyline with Rey Mysterio, and uh, told Rey Mysterio that Eddie's in hell. They had a Eddie in hell segment on WWE. What a t- that was so tasteless. I remember everybody like getting mad at that. Yeah, you know? I was just like, uh... well, he 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 thought it was tasteless, and he he just he felt nasty doing it. Um, it was one of those too soon. It was like ah, too soon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we got some great matches, dude. Uh, Eddie Guerrero versus Brock Lesnar was a was an absolute treasure as well, man. Bro, crazy story with that. I will never forget being in school, and I thought that somebody was lying to me. You know, back then you didn't get the pay-per-views every time. So I was in school, I think it was like Monday, and I was just like, oh, yeah, man, they're setting up like Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 20. He's going to defend the belt probably against someone. They were like, dude, did you not watch the pay-per-view last night? I'm like, what are you talking about, bro? They're like, Eddie Guerrero's the world champ. I'm like, oh, bullshit. No way they let that happen. <laughs> I go down to like the computer lab, and it, I went to WWE.com at the time, and I'm like, holy shit, Eddie Guerrero did win the world title. <laughs> That's nuts, bro. So From I was like, Brock. He's the champ? Yeah, man, that was big time. Yeah, that was really I was big. not expecting that. I should have seen it, but like back then, you didn't see all the storylines like we've seen them now. So I'm like, "Whoa, dude, this is crazy." I think a really Never big moment it. in history that would have really stuck out to me is if they would have let, if they would have let Eddie Guerrero face Hulk Hogan and go over. That would have been great. I think that that just would have been everything that we love about pro wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> From Eddie Guerrero not being pushed in WCW because of people like Hulk Hogan to go into I WWE. Now, though. Hold on, brother. That doesn't work for me now. Yeah. To going <laughs> over to WWE and getting put over. What I was thinking, dude, was I dropped the leg drop on you instead. <laughs> how, how about this? You get, you get the frog splash. You get the frog splash. I kick out at two. I press you up like we're at the Silver Dome, and then uh, you know the finish. Yeah. <laughs> you know how it goes from here, brother. <laughs> Dude, uh, Eddie was just so great, man. So fun. Just thinking about all the matches. Well, let me Unbelievable. tell you something, brother. Oh yeah, he would have heard that a couple <laughs> times. The finger, the finger wave, and all that. I think it would have been great, dude. I think I, I I could call a good finish for that match too, man. Hulk Hogan does the big boot. He's setting up this whole thing, you know, the whole uh, the whole gorilla press, you know, drops him, goes off, throws him up uh, up against the ropes, gets the big boot. Eddie Guerrero, you know, he's going for the leg drop. Eddie Guerrero rolls out of the way, fucking rolls him up, pulls the tights, does the old cheating to win, and holds that weight belt. Yeah, holds the weight belt, holds Hogan down, and gets the victory, man. Because you know Hogan ain't letting him frog splash him. (laughs) That shit is not going to go over for Hogan. Listen, dude, I got a bad neck, brother. I can't. (laughs) You hurt me, brother. 
you hurt me. <laughs> I can't remember who was telling that story about Hogan. With, Taker. Was it Taker? Taker. Yeah, with the tomb, the worst tombstone ever because he was trying to protect his neck. Oh, yeah. And he didn't even touch. And he was like, oh. you hurt my neck, brother. Yeah. He was like, he went back and watched. I was like, I didn't even touch yeah. you, bro. <laughs> I was laughing so hard when I heard that story, man. You hurt me. You did it. You did it, brother. You hurt my neck. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, man. My goodness, dude. Uh, I can't wait to uh, to talk about this other series that we're going to do. But for right now, I'm going to tell you a match that I would have really loved to see. Um, and that is Eddie Guerrero versus Owen Hart. Yeah, that could have been a technical masterpiece. Owen Hart in his prime, Eddie Guerrero in his prime. Yeah, that that would have been some phenomenal stuff. Where, where would you want it to take place, though? Is that a WWF match or a WCW? I'd match? like it. I'd like it to take place at WrestleMania. Opener, not even main no, event. I want that the, to be the first match. Those that openers comes out. are the are the shining moments of professional wrestling, man. Just like we got that uh, Brian Danielson versus fucking Kenny Omega, thirty minute opener, um, phenomenal, dude. I won't say the same about that uh, Adam Hangman Page and Brian Danielson. Which we didn't get to talk about on this episode, because <laughs> that's the will, that's the one that, that was you, the one we would have disagreed. Yeah, <laughs> that's the one that you disagreed on, and I forgot to bring that up. Like, I just can't do those Broadmoor matches, man. It's just not my our Broadway. Sorry, those Broadway matches. I just can't do it. Um, I'm just not a fan of fucking Iron Man, dude. I'm just not a not a fan of that shit. If you had to see an Iron Man match with Eddie Guerrero. Because I know you like those Broadway matches. Who would it be with? I think. Oh, who could he go an hour with? That would keep I, you entertained the entire time. Doesn't matter how fucking long it is. I think I'm gonna do something weird here. I think I'm gonna go with. Remember that when NXT had that four way like Iron Man match? I would do something like that. But you instead would have Eddie Guerrero versus Chris Benoit. Versus Chris Jericho versus Rey Mysterio. 2000, 2000 and what? Eight Chris Jericho? You could you could do 08, I would say. I, I would even take like the 03 versions of all of them and do it. Like you could you could really Who's pull that off some guy? phenomenal stuff. Uh Ray. Rey Mysterio. That'd be a good one, yeah. dude. That'd be good. Yeah, that would be that that you could do a lot of different things and tell some different stories in there. I think they all worked with each other so much, whether it was an ECW or wherever, that it would, it would be phenomenal. I would, if I had to take a Broadway match, I think I would go with your pick earlier, and that is against Kenny Omega. Yeah, I think that those yeah, two they, could put it put a hell of a show on. It's it's hard, man. It, it, it's it's hard to fantasy book Eddie Guerrero still with us because there's so much talent out there, and I'm sure that there's. Like, if people listening to this, they're probably like, fuck, you didn't mention him, you didn't mention him, you know. Listen, this list can probably go on and on and on with Eddie Guerrero because he was that fantastic of a worker that I'm sure he can make a lot of situations perfect. But, yeah, I mean, I think that we just had to point out the obvious for AEW, of course, you know, Phoenix, Penta, Pack, you know, um, I think Darby would be really interesting against an Eddie yeah. Guerrero. That'd be a different type of match. 
I think Eddie Guerrero could yeah, be toss him around that fucking ring really easy, and I think that Eddie would have fun doing it. <laughs> so yeah, because he's good at being the bully too. Yeah. Like when he has to be. Yeah, look what he did Smacking to Rey Mysterio at that guy. Halloween Havoc match. That's that's exactly what he did. If you go back and watch that, he tossed that guy around like he was nothing. Um, let's let's put him up against this. Your boy Hook. What do you think Eddie Guerrero would do against Hook? Man, I don't know if Hook's gonna be tossing him around like that. I don't know. Yeah. Um. That that would be a lot of fun, man. That'd be a lot of fun. Hook might use first L. He he might have to take the L in that one. Eat that frog splash and go out with his head held high. I don't think Eddie would fucking let him take the L though. That's how selfless Eddie Guerrero was. Yeah, yeah. Eddie Eddie might get put. See, if it's in this day and age, I think Eddie would put him over. I think Eddie'd be like, "Yeah, I want you to just choke me out as quickly as possible." Yeah, what do you and think? You'll be the what man. do you think about a CM Punk from 2010 against Eddie Guerrero in 2005? Money, money. I, Punk's going over, but money. Yeah, between those two, yeah. I, have you ever seen their indie match where they like wrestled each other? I haven't. It's on YouTube. Uh, check it out. There's like a three way. I think there's one with Eddie. He was on the Indies Mysterio. with CM Punk. Yeah, when he was gone from WWE for like that little bit of time. When when they got rid of during him. the alcohol era or whatever yeah. when he was having uh trouble in rehab yes. or whatever <laughs> i for, i can't remember where i heard the story but cm punk told the coolest story about like him and eddie um going over the match and he was like listen man you should go over you're the champ this is going to be in front of your people blah 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 and he was like i'm just finishing up these matches and he was like he was the intercontinental champion he was like yeah you should go over because this is your territory and all that and i guess he was like listen punky uh, they 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 do like the time limit. No, it was a time limit draw, but he wanted Punk to look good, like he almost had the win. And uh, he said he said that WWE like wanted him to go over, I guess, or something like that. You got to find the story. And he said, "Punky, I'm sorry." And they so they do like the whole. They went the time limit draw. Then they get up and they're like five more minutes, and they give him the five more minutes. And then he goes, "Punky, I'm sorry." And then he beats him. <laughs> And Punk said he always laughs like that. Like he was like, "No, nah, I get it, man. I know how it works with the companies and stuff." He was like, "He was good. He was like, I want to make you look good, but then I gotta beat you." That's the first <laughs> time ever hearing this. That. That's a fucking awesome story, dude. I didn't yeah, even know that these two find it. faced each other on the on the Indies. That's crazy. Was yeah, this when Punk was matches. first coming up or what? Yeah, he's rocking like the basketball shorts and the bleach hair okay. still, the bleach blonde hair. Oh wow, that's the era of Punk yeah. that I I loved. I yeah, he was great. This is like Punk. Ring of Honor time. Yep. ROH Punk is definitely something. Uh, what do you think about Samoa Joe versus... Oh, dude, I love Joe. Joe's also one of my favorites. Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, yeah, someone's getting smacked. But it, it, this can't be... This is like... You want Ring of Honor, Joe. Like that 04... I liked uh, him in, I liked I him in TNA. I did too, but they never like... I don't... Dude, I don't know. I, I think it was Russo didn't like him because there's no way you did not push that guy after he yeah. had the highest pay-per-view buy rate with Kurt Angle. Yeah. And if he did that with Kurt, imagine what he would have did with Eddie. Yeah. Like, that's the simplest way I could put it. Man. Could you imagine an Eddie Guerrero and an Impact and TNA? What do you think he would have done? I would have loved to have seen it if they could have gotten him. I don't think it would have happened, no. but I think it would have been really cool. I would love to have seen him and Daniels even. Christopher Daniels and Eddie Guerrero could have put on some bangers. Uh, Eddie is the X Division champion. 
going against those guys, he could have taught them a lot of things too. Like, hey, this is when we slow down. This is when we. This is now when you can add all your crazy moves in that you want to do. I like it, man. He could have did a lot of stuff with them as well. Final one, man. Eddie Guerrero versus AJ Styles. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. That that would have been great as well. Um, when you say AJ, we're talking WWE AJ? I think I want to put AJ? him against AJ now. I think AJ yeah. has grown. I think, I think he's an in-ring technician. And... I never see him fuck up, dude. Like, I just think that now he is so good in the ring that he yeah. he truly is phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. I watched him tonight, and I was just like, uh, and I'm talking about AJ Styles. I watched him on Raw tonight, and I was just like, dude, why is this dude? What have we been doing with him for, like, the last year and a half? Why? Almost. Use him. Yeah, it was just a waste of his time. Not a waste. Of, I shouldn't say a waste of his time, but he's better than that. Like I know that you wanted him to be with the guy. The guy could have just been his his muscle and not in a tag. Yeah, but maybe he wanted that. I don't know. But AJ and Eddie Guerrero would have delivered some uh, fan freaking tastic matches. I, I would like to see them in a serious feud too, to where like AJ has to show a, a mean side a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Get tough, dude. I love AJ Styles as a heel. Really, you prefer him? I like him as a babyface better. I I, I, feel like I like him really in both him. roles. I think that he plays a good heel too. I don't know, man. Like something about him, I think that he can pull it off. Um, he cracks me up, dude. So he's like one of those. I can't hate him heel. He's like one of those cool heels, to me. Yeah, well, he always looks cool because he's got all the stuff, like the pants with the cool yeah. colors of the the town, and then the the gloves do it like. Everybody loves the gloves that he rocks. I loved the heel AJ against Taker in the Boneyard match. That whole build up to to Taker calling him the old man and he he just really reminded me of of 1986. Something out of Jim Crockett promotions, you know what I mean? Uh the yeah. way that he was cutting his promos. I, I really dug it. I don't know. I, I I think that AJ is a good babyface and I think that I think everybody would prefer him as the babyface. But I also don't yeah. think he does a bad job at heel. And I think you could have flipped him and Eddie a bunch of times too. Yeah. For like, yeah, uh, yeah you'll be in this role and I'll be in this role. What did you prefer time. Eddie Guerrero as? Heel or, or, or baby? That's tough. I liked him a lot as a baby face, but heel Eddie Guerrero was something else, I think. He just had I this dark side, right? Yeah, where it's just like, oh, okay, you're being really... Like, when he cut the... Do you remember the weird promo with The Rock that one time where he was like, my kids have your poster on their bedroom wall instead of me? Yeah. And then he he said he ripped the poster off, and it was like, dude, that's like that sounds like an abusive father without saying that you're an abusive father. And I was like, very well done, Eddie, to get you booed. Yeah. Like, yeah. I ripped your poster down and told them they should be cheering their father who feeds them every day. And I'm like... Hey, he's not wrong. Yeah, you know, yeah. He always has a little truth in there. That is your dad. I mean. Yeah, man. I mean, geez. It's hard for me to, um, but I think I prefer heel Eddie. Because yeah. you can feel that emotion coming through the, the TV screen. There's just something about him, man. I, I uh, Did you ever get to watch Eddie Guerrero live? Yeah, I had to have. Uh... I went to so many shows from uh, the time when he started in like 2000 to what 
05. Yeah, I, I went to a bunch of shows. So I've, I guarantee you I've seen him at least a few times, especially when he was on like Raw in the early 2000s. I was at a bunch of those. Um, I'm just trying to think. I don't think he was ever in any of the WCW ones I went to, at least that I can think of off the top. He was but long I, out of WCW I, when I finally got to see WCW. Yeah. Yeah, and he was gone by the time I went to Fall Brawl 2000, I think it was. So he, he hightailed it out of there because he's a smart man. Um, um, I'm trying to think of what else with uh, with Eddie Guerrero. You know another person I'd like to see him in there with? Just randomly thought of this. Austin Theory. I think Austin Theory and Eddie Guerrero could have been great Like if they had to do a modern day one. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I, I just think that... Oh, and we'd even mention Seth Rollins, too. He's another solid person you could put him in there with. Moxley. Moxley. The names are endless. The names are endless that you could do stuff with. Him and Kingston on promos I'd like to see, too. Yeah, yeah. So I got to see Eddie Guerrero one time, um, and it was at WrestleMania 19 when he was doing the Los Guerreros. Tag team. He, he, him and uh, Chavo faced. I think it was just him and Chavo, right? Him and Chavo faced. Was team that Angle uh, Team Angle and Chris and Benoit, Chris Benoit and Rhino. Rhino? Yep. Yeah. Phenomenal match. Phenomenal yeah, really match. good. Yeah. Yeah, man. I wish I could have got to see a little more of Eddie Guerrero live. Um, I, I never got to see him in a singles match uh, live. That is one thing that I wish I can get back. I've seen Chris Benoit in a singles match. A part of me wants to say that I had seen him in a singles match at SmackDown, but I don't think I did. Don't think I got that that opportunity. But, man, what a phenomenal athlete. I wish that we can just keep on booking for him, man, but it's so difficult to carry on after all these dream matches that we would have put him in. Um, Do you have fun talking about this, man? Yeah. Yeah. Eddie Guerrero was always fun. We, we talked about so many other people. We even kind of delved into some of their stuff, but I I think that just goes to show you Eddie Guerrero was such a great diverse performer. He would have put other people over and some people's names are so linked with Eddie Guerrero that they got brought up multiple times in this. And that's kind of a beautiful thing. I think when you, when you can link Benoit, uh, Jericho, even people of today, uh, Mysterio, and just twine all of those names together. And there's some type of Eddie influence. And I like that when we see the three amigos still, you see a lot of wrestlers still do it. The yeah. influence is there. The frog splash, they do the little Eddie shimmy, I call it, where you know they yeah. do the shake. And I'm like, so good. And his wife still is on television today, representing the Guerrero name. So, uh, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. It's crazy, man. And this is officially the longest what if segment that we have done out of the series. I expected nothing less, to be honest, when it comes to Eddie Guerrero. You can talk about this guy forever. Um, I, I'm assuming the Owen Hart segment is going to be no different <laughs> once we finally get to that. That is going to be the last episode of the series. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Conrad, where can we find everything pro wrestling, man? You guys can go and find me on all the social media handles by typing in EPW show and uh, give me a follow on there. And then if you guys want to find me on YouTube, it is everything pro wrestling. So, uh, yeah, like subscribe, 
check out the stuff. We're always looking for new audio listeners as well on Spotify. Everywhere you guys can find the Pro Wrestling Shoot, you can find us as well. Thank you for having me on. It was uh, very cool to talk some Eddie Guerrero and What If and some of the stuff happening in wrestling currently. So it is always an honor and a pleasure. And make sure you guys leave him a five-star review on me. Hey, do it for me. Yeah. Hey, thank you for the kind words. And thanks for tagging in, dude, for James, you know. Um, I, I, I'm going to have to send him like a box of Advil or something to deal with his headache from Trill Talk. But he will get over it. Um, hopefully he will be back next week. Um, he is not fired, guys. I was joking. Everything I said on the show was just a joke. I would never fire James. Uh, I had to tag in the buddy over here, Conrad. Guys, last week I did, um, well, last Wednesday, as you're listening to this, I will be on the EPW show, so go check out that that review on his, either his audio or his uh, video on YouTube. And check out the Bombcast with Brian Williams and Graham Baker. Yeah, shout out to uh, Brian and Graham. Yeah, they're they're always homies. They get mad love. Yeah, and and that's going to be a different thing, man. You can come hear us chat about not pro wrestling, which is going to be a a breath of fresh air for me, man, because I'm always talking about pro wrestling. Can't wait to talk some movies. Everybody that knows me personally knows that film is my passion. So, uh, yeah, come listen to me argue with Graham Baker over (laughs) at the Bombcast. (laughs) You can follow them on uh, Twitter at the Bombcast Podcast, or is it just at Bombcast Podcast? I think it's it's at Bombcast Podcast. There you go. And, uh, yeah, go support everybody's merch, too. You guys, you got a T Public store, right, Conrad? Yeah. Where's that at? Just everything pro wrestling? Uh, I think you could type in, I think it's user slash EPW, and it'll pop up for anybody who wants to uh, check it out. I got a, a drum.io on like all of my social media accounts. Just go in there. You can find the t-shirt stores that we're in. Absolutely, man. Guys, stop being cheap. Go buy a fucking t-shirt. Support these, support these independent artists, man. They work hard on everything they do. When it comes to content, when it comes to creating designs for you, go buy some merch, dude. The Bombcast has some merch, too. Go check out their shit. They're at TeePublic. What is it? User slash the uh, Bombcast? Probably. And they're probably the only fucking Bombcast on their website. So just search the Bombcast and you'll find their shit. Go check it out, man. I hope you guys had a great time listening to What If. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Pro Wrestling Shoot. Follow us on Twitter at TPWS Podcast. And subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Pro Wrestling Shoot. We haven't posted anything in the last three weeks. We promise we'll be back next week, man. It's been, uh, you know, the holidays and shit. I hope you guys had a fantastic Christmas and Happy New Year, everybody. Take it easy. This is The Pro Wrestling Shoot. This is The Pro Wrestling Here we go again. This is the Pro Wrestling Show. Hey, what's up? This is your host, Jesse Carter. Pro Wrestling Show. It's about to get exciting.